Welcome to the X-Men Files, a podcast where Inessa and Brian talk about the X-Men comics. He's reading them again as an adult, she's reading them for the first time. So grab your back issues out of their Mylar bags, and let's talk about the greatest comic book series ever, the X-Men. Welcome back, I'm Brian. And I'm Inessa. We're not starting off by laughing. Usually one or both of us <laughs> giggles and... <laughs> And it's it's terrible. It's terrible showcraft because it's, nobody knows why. It's usually it, I giggle because you're silly. I'm not silly, and <laughs> I would figure that you are immune to giggling about just even looking at me. Every now. time you say I'm Brian, it just makes yeah. me giggle. The um, what it reminds me of is drive time DJs. They laugh at anything. Just, they mean, have a lot of time. To those fill. people are on some of the best nitrous oxide <laughs> that money can buy. And it's just so, so, so annoying. Like you know, Opie and Andy or whoever those, you know, like, like uh, uh, the mad morning crew, all these guys, like they, they see anything. <laughs> they're, just, they're cackling with laughter. <laughs> and it's the last thing I need whenever I'm driving. When you're work. driving in the morning. I remember Eric and Kathy in Chicago. Those were... They were Vaguely, like on the, on oh yeah, the, they were like on the Happy Fun Network. Yeah, like or, on the sort of a, you know, it's like one hundred one point nine, the sort of a, the, like what you hear in a in a in a dentist's office, you know, that sort of right, music. Right, yeah. right. It's what suburban moms listen to when they um, totally when they're picking their kids up from stuff. What's that? <clears throat> I said I resent that. Um, it's problematic what I just said, but tell me it's not true. <laughs> Who was the DJ? There was no morning show on XRT, but who was the morning? I, I don't remember. I, I, I know the names XRT. of a few of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was in Chicago. It was like two years ago, and I saw Glenn Hansard at, um, I think, at the Riviera. Um, Terry Hammert introduced him, and yeah. it was it was just the best. Yeah, it was yeah. just so fantastic. Um, I, 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 I missed Chicago. Terry Hammert's been the same age since I was 20. He's held up well. He looks... She. She. Wait. No, wait. Not, not Terry Hammert, then. <laughs> Who's the dude? <laughs> Wait, who am I thinking of? I thought Terry was a dude. No. All right, I'm terrible with names. My mother was named Terry, no, and I she know. was not a dude. No, I mean, yeah, Terry Hammer's obviously a woman. Um, well, who no, are you? Who, I, who am I thinking? Glenn Hansard was introduced by some guy. Lynn Bramer, that's another. Lynn Bramer, yeah. that's who it is. Sorry. Bramer, Hammer, I mean. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, they're yeah, both okay. well-known Chicago names. Um, yeah, assonant rhymes in names confuse the hell out of me. <laughs> Because names are absolutely ambiguous. They're, they don't identify anything. Like um, stool. I know what it's, I mean, it means two things. It can mean either something you put your feet on or something you leave in a toilet bowl. But like stool has one and only one meaning. Terry could be applied to anybody on the planet. Yeah. So this is why, and, and I get no sympathy for this. <laughs> That I'm terrible with names, and I get it. They're Brian like, oh, don't be one of those names. people. With, but names are meaningless. No, he's not good with names. <laughs> they're absolutely meaningless. Unless they're applied to superheroes, where <laughs> you know, there's only one Colossus. There's only one, uh, well, there's a lot of Cyclopses, if you include Greek mythology. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, segue... Awkward segue. Maybe we should just bend this. <laughs> no, no, this is really good. St- no, we can't. You really want to start over? No, we don't have time. It's Monday morning. <laughs> it is. It's Monday we are morning. late, we are and late. we we need to yeah. we need and to we stick to it. And we missed last week. I know y'all y'all missed us. Um, hey, hello to Missouri out there. <laughs> Apparently, there's a one of you <laughs> in Missouri who's listening to us. So, uh, yeah, it's Missouri week this week at uh, the X Men Files. Have you ever been to Missouri? 
Have I ever been to Missouri? Yeah. Have you ever been to Missouri? If you if you don't know, I've been to Missouri. I watched the St. Louis Cardinals. I've been to St. Louis. Yeah, I've been to Missouri. <laughs> did you not <laughs> no, I remember did, I did. that I mean, St. Louis? <laughs> it wasn't that much fun, but not because of St. Louis. No, it was great fun. I'm sure that it was great it wasn't fun. It was St. Louis's fault. Okay, whose fault was it? It was my date's fault. I was at a event you went on a you went on a date in missouri that's a, a bit of a bit of a hike from yeah. uh from chicago i don't know anyway okay it was from champagne champagne it yeah, still a bit champagne. of a hike okay uh did you go up the arch i did not you know they got this arch there in st louis yeah <laughs> and it's pretty cool yes. actually uh it's neat I went, I went to st louis twice the first time i went there i was like maybe five my parents were still together i think we went no no we were like driving to colorado i think because mm-hmm. we didn't go to st louis just to go to Forgive me. We didn't go just to St. Louis. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been to St. Louis twice. Mm-hmm. And the second time uh, we were watching the Cardinals and not the playoffs. It uh, wasn't the World Series because it's like pre-playoffs. But anyway, so I Fernando Valenzuela pitch. Um, I even know that name. I this Here's the cool thing. like Because um, my dad was an attorney for Louisville minor league team, which was the farm team for St. Louis at the time. Right. This would have been like 85 or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, I got to go into the dugout. I was I was a kid. I got to see a lot of athletic penises. <laughs> really? Because we're really, sorry. I said, I, I said dugout. No, no, no. It's like locker room. I, I saw the dugout as well, but like we went into the locker room and just like a bunch of naked dudes. <laughs> just yeah. It's a good name for a sports team. <laughs> what, 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 athletic the athletic penises. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. As far as the eye could see, it was it was something. Yeah, so um, so uh, Missouri Week on the X Men Files, um, you know, come for the for the St. Louis barbecue, stay for the penises, stay for the athletic penises. All right, All right. Launching into some the of the recap. some of the best <laughs> the best male anatomy west of the Mississippi. All right. All right. So, issue number one hundred sixty. Mm-hmm. We open on a mostly unseen figure observing the X-Men through a creepy demonic view screen. He thinks they're fighting one another, but astute readers know better. He recaps their powers and then turns his attention to his objective, Colossus' younger sister, Ileana. Clutching her Fozzie Bear doll, she follows him into something that I'm sure is completely harmless. (laughs) Kitty notices Ileana leaving and follows her into a creepy temple. She steps on a circle and vanishes. And I use the word creepy twice. I'm going to use the word creepy a lot in this recap. <laughs> the others are recovering after their workout. Wolverine with a beer and Araro by showering with strategically placed hair. <laughs> they notice that both Ileana and Kitty are now missing and go looking for them. Inside the temple, they step on white circles of light and now we're all somewhere else. Kitty wakes up in a dark and spooky place. Sorry, spooky is a synonym for creepy. Yep. She encounters Nightcrawler and is very happy to see him until he gropes her in a very inappropriate way. <laughs> she freaks out, and we see that Nightcrawler is wearing a sort of loincloth and maybe an Egyptian pharaoh's necklace. Kitty runs away and gets her first look at Belasco, sitting in a throne made of skulls. Colossus and Storm are wandering the halls, and Storm picks up a bracelet, armlet, that feels familiar to her somehow. She's immediately entangled in tentacles. Colossus runs to help her, but steps on a white circle and disappears. Storm suddenly transforms into an amalgam of all the X-Men and escapes. 
Meanwhile, Kitty is now encased in crystal, giving her a nice view of Nightcrawler suggesting some form of low-grade pedophilia to Ileana. This is too much, even for Belasco, who whisks Nightcrawler away. Speaking of which, there's a lot of BAMF-free teleportation in this issue. <laughs> now we meet a Sim, a mean purple monster with a Han Solo vest, who picks his teeth with adamantium bones, refers to himself in the third person, and might be Australian. <laughs> Why do you, why would he be Australian? Good day. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, so, so, yeah. Good day. Um, where do we go? Oh, okay. Speaking of bones, Belasco relieves Kitty of hers and then puppeteers her skeleton to wave at her. It's the demonic equivalent of slapping her with her own hand and telling her to stop hitting herself. <laughs> Ilyana gets a medallion and gets to sit in the big chair. Yeah. <laughs> Aurora wakes up underneath a strategically placed blanket, takes a swim, and emerges from the pool with strategically placed water. She puts on a new outfit with a cape, questy boots, and strategically placed scraps of clothing. <laughs> if they had used less of the fabric for the cape, which really she doesn't need, they could have made her it's like barely a, a cape. An actual it's outfit. Like, yeah. It's like a bib worn on her back. <laughs> it's like she's eating lobster behind her back or something, eating crabs or whatever. Yeah, okay. uh, Nightcrawler meets his evil doppler. I'll try that again. Nightcrawler meets his evil doppelganger and does not stop hitting himself. Loincloth Nightcrawler reappears in front of Belasco and asks to return to his good graces. Maybe lay off the kitty fiddling. <laughs> Wolverine sees another dead X-Man, encounters Sim, gets his shirt torn off, and is in the middle of a pretty sizable ass-kicking when he teleports away. <laughs> Colossus appears and takes a claw in the shoulder. A scuffle ensues and Wolverine reappears. Sim gets kicked onto a teleport circle. Colossus and Wolverine encounter the Mystery Woman, who teleports them to Belasco's throne room. Kitty's skeleton waves. Turns out nice, nice Nightcrawler, that's hard to say, nice Nightcrawler defeated evil Nightcrawler and socks Belasco on the jaw. Storm appears, Belasco runs away, and then older Magical Storm appears. Kitty is reunited with her bones and freed from her crystal prison. This happens just in time uh, for loads of creepy monsters to attack. Older Storm fights them off as the X-Men teleport to safety. Would that it were so simple. <laughs> Kitty loses Ileana for just a few of your Earth seconds. When she reappears, however, she has aged seven years. The X-Men are understandably freaked the fuck out. <laughs> we close on Peter falling asleep in Ileana's room while she clutches her medallion. Belasco laughs and clutches Ileana's fozzy bear, having ripped the stuffings out. There we go. Yeah. So um, that's your issue. It was a creepy one. It was a very creepy one. Um, I, I, I'll ask what you think, but I'm going to start by saying what I think, which is um, I really like this one. Yeah. It is a good standalone issue. It's creepy. It's unnerving. Um, what you don't know, and and you don't you shouldn't need to know this in order to appreciate it. This fundamentally alters who Ileana is. Right. Uh, and. Like that character becomes pretty significant in the in the mutant universe of Marvel. Okay, that was going to be one of my questions. Is yeah. like, is that a standalone thing that just stands alone, or is it? Does it? You know, does that thread get picked up someplace? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely it does. Up. Yeah, yeah. But um, this is. I don't even remember reading it when I was a kid. I knew that it happened, uh, and maybe I read it. For me, the when I first knew about the story, the, the thing that unnerved me most was just how 
everything is kind of on on a knife edge where the X-Men they only fail for like just a few seconds but it was the few seconds that mattered. Right. Well, it was interesting because, like the you know the storm, the older storm was like, no, I have to stay here. I have to fend him off. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay, it's, and this is gonna end, and then it's like, oh yeah, he just got for one second. He just got <laughs> he just got away from me for one second. Yeah, and yeah. it and you know and, and you know it was like her. You had one job. Well, well actually, <laughs> you find out that it, that that it's not quite as clear so cut as that. What? Well, yeah, I, I don't want to recycle <laughs> that, but um, um. But did you bring your phone in here? Just by accident. I by accident, you accidentally. Brought your yes, phone. I was. Oh, it was no. in the stack of things that, if you want to throw it under the door. No, you know, no, no. It's all right. All right. Of our. I lost my train of thought. Cludio. <laughs> Cludio. <laughs> I didn't lose my train of thought. Um, we will read at some point that there are a couple of limited series that we're going to read as kind of one-offs. Um, there's a four-parter with Wolverine that we're going to get to in, in maybe about uh, like 12 episodes or so. There is also a four-part, I think a four-parter, where we find out what happens to her in Limbo. Right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, as a, you know, I'm sure that is, I don't know, maybe reading it as a kid, it just seemed like some, but like as a, reading it as an adult, as a parent. Parent. Yeah. <laughs> it's like having one of my kids gone for seven years. I mean, even if it just. Mm-hmm. Seems like the blink of an eye to me, you know, having them go through seven years of stuff Pretty as a child years. by themselves yeah. is really, really yeah. upsetting. Yeah. Like, and I was really sad for her. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, even when we know that one of the considerations here is purely commercial because, like, okay, Kitty is, she's sort of vaguely around 14 or something like that. She's... She's at an age where she wants to be young enough for to be relatable to a large part of the audience, but not so young that her and Colossus is creepier than it already is. <laughs> uh, so you know, we need we need a peer for her. We need somebody who is at a similar age. So like, oh, hey, we've got Ilyana. Let's just figure out some way to magically age, age her. her. Yeah, right. So so there is that kind of commercial calculation uh, behind it. So does she become Kitty's like nemesis, fourteen year old nemesis? No, like... no. Um, and, and the character book, of comic book mean girl. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, although it is interesting, I am getting caught up on the new mutants. So, do we know what the new mutants is? Okay, we've not. I don't think we've mentioned that before. That was me shaking my head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> the new mutants is a comic that uh, Claremont starts about this time. I think it's 1982. I'll, I'll, I'll fact check that, but um, it, right about this time, he starts a second series mm-hmm. oh no no it, it's gonna it's gonna happen in about five issues from now okay uh while the x-men are off in space um professor x recruits a new set of mutants called the new mutants right. um so i'm getting caught up on that iliana eventually joins that team mm-hmm. and she's also in the the modern incarnation i'm reading you know the the uh current set of the new mutants her character is interesting because she came back and she's still fundamentally good, but a little edgy. <laughs> does she get a new comics name? Uh, she does. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we, we don't want to pronounce all that Russian yeah. malarkey. I loved how at the beginning, one of the things yeah. I wrote down was like, uh, it's at one point Kitty says something to her and then there's like a footnote that's like translated from the Russian. <laughs> it's like, does Kitty speak Russian? <laughs> she does. Yeah. 
How does she speak Russian? We've already talked about this. Uh, Professor X. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that. we've established that. So, yeah, yeah, Kitty is multilingual. She yeah. speaks Russian. She speaks Japanese. Maybe just those two, but uh, still, <laughs> it's one more language than I uh, than I can speak. Yeah, yeah I, I just got to. I get a little bit of Spanish, but uh... yeah. Let's see what else I wrote down. <laughs> I'm talking into the microphone. <laughs> yeah, here you go. <laughs> All right. One of the things you said that made me laugh when you were doing the recap is that uh, when Kitty comes to, she gets her 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 first glimpse of uh, of Belasco. Yeah, that was like a disturbing the art on that. I don't know if you noticed the art on that particular frame was a um, little disturbing because he's sort of wearing this like a. Yeah, let me grab that. Uh, uh, go ahead. He's he's wearing he's a, wearing like a toga or, or like a robe or yeah, something, I, and she's like you know on the steps in front of him, and it's like I think she's really getting the uh, the junk shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's really getting a peek. At, yeah, that is. Um, you know. Disturbing way of remembering that Kitty is actually like fourteen in this. Yeah, and and let me tell you, I was um, I was maybe about that age when I was in a locker room in St. Louis. (laughs) Made me think of that. uh, (laughs) Right, right. um, It was a little weird. I'm I'm kind of (laughs) glued about first of all, mostly because I, I mean, at that age, like I, health clubs had barely been invented at that time. Right. Uh, and I would not have been because I was living with my mother, who was in no danger of joining a health club. <laughs> um, but there was the YMCA, I guess. There, there would have been, but um, and there were locker rooms there. But but for whatever reason, like, what was just like 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 kids or whatever. I, I think what was weird about it, and and I'll I'll try to, to stroll to to pull it back to the issue, but um, how absolutely unselfconscious they were, yeah. which I kind of get. I mean, professional athletes they know that there's going to be all manner of people in the locker room at any given time. So at a certain point, they're like, you know what? I got to take a shower <laughs> and I got to get dressed and you can stand there all you like. It's funny uh, you say it, that. It's just completely unselfconscious. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, when I was a kid, we were, we were briefly members at Bally's. I remember going there and just being like horrified by how all the women were like, how saggy old <laughs> Oh, that women oh, okay. were just so unselfconsciously naked in the. It's like, don't they see what they, you know? But oh, like, that's a weird take on that. Now that. being at that, it, it, not weird, but yeah, oh, yeah. Now being at that age, like I totally get it. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, don't yeah. care. Right. You know, right. I've had two kids in exactly. a room yeah. full of people. My husband still finds me attractive, yeah. and like that's <laughs> yeah. this is the stuff that's there. Uh, it's very, very functional, yeah. uh, very durable. <laughs> And uh, and I need to get dressed, and I'm not right. going to go through some right. like crazy rigmarole of making sure that all the right. nipples are covered while I'm yeah. while I'm trying to do that. So I now feel for those middle aged uh, middle aged ladies of who I now am. You you of whom uh, you are now who am. I'm now a am. Anyway, you now am for I'm, at. <laughs> I'm one yeah. of them ending now. the sense of the present. So Belasco not at all concerned. Is he with... a baddie that we've seen before? No. And oh, I was about to say this is the first appearance, but of course not. It, it's footnoted that he appears at least uh, previously in Kazar, okay. the Savage Land. Um, this is his first appearance in the X Men. I'm pretty sure. Uh, whenever I say that, we're, we're banking on my recollection of X Men number 138, which is a recap of every issue mm-hmm. <laughs> prior to 138. Right. And I, I, my reading of the X Men starts in about like you know issue 110 or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, I know a couple of the um, kind of Silver Age 
stuff. But it, it could be that, like, the, the, on the Neil Adams run that there was, you know, Belasco. Although I don't think so. Mm. Yeah. Um, quick aside. So, like, in Rome, I mean, he, he, it's a sort of a toga thing. Right. And they're still on the island, right? They're still in the... No, no. They're in limbo. That's that's the the no, this but whole... I mean the 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 issue starts. Yes, the issue on starts the on the island. island. Yes, and it is for this reason that they get off the island. Get off the island, <laughs> yeah, because uh, you know if we walk on one of these white circles, we might go to this really really messed up place. Yeah, yeah. I like the um, the timey wimey nature. Yeah. Of this one. You're looking at me like I'm. I'm not. No, no, no. <laughs> Nobody cares. The audio's fine. They love us in Missouri. Look, it's it's Missouri week on uh, the X Men files, and uh, so so yeah. Let's. I don't know what that means. I mean, what is Missouri known for other than really, really like like Mark Twain and Harry Truman? We're watching Ozark. I don't know that they necessarily want to. I mean, I'm get, not saying that that's yeah, you know. Yeah. But, you know, that that is also in Missouri. Is it not Arkansas? I don't think so. I, I thought think they were right. in Missouri. Yeah. I looked it up. Um, yeah, so Timey Wimey. I like Timey yes, Wimey. Yes, Timey Wimey. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I always enjoy time travel. And uh, I'm rarely bothered by, like, temporal... Maybe I've just seen enough Doctor Who that I'm, like, rarely bothered by the, uh, the temporal, temporal inconsistencies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I thought that was a cool thing. They don't... Do they usually? Do, I don't. Have we seen any? Have we had any time travel? Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past. This is like the best right, time right, travel right, 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 right. like ever. Yeah, but that's been it. To to be fair, so we we've seen Days of Future Past. Um. They, yeah, they don't go to the well all that often. I don't like time. What what happened? Nothing. Carry what on. happened? Nothing. What happened? <laughs> nothing. Oh my God! Put that down. <laughs> okay. Nothing, nothing. We should do more of that with the other podcast. Did you spill coffee? No. You spilled coffee no. in this closet that we paid money for. <laughs> I didn't. I don't even know how. You're it, ruining our Cludia. I don't know how it spilled because I've got like one quarter of an inch of coffee in the bottom of this mug, and somehow I managed to slosh. Put it on top of that plastic thing. Okay, great. Um, I don't like time travel. You don't. I don't. Why not? It is never all that consistent. It is always narratively convenient. True. It's kind of Deus Ex Machina. Once time travel is on, first of all, I have no idea whether time travel is possible. I know that uh, it, this is something that physicists do consider. Um, it may be possible. That's crazy. Yes. Is it yes. possible? And it's impossible. Obviously impossible. No, no, I get it. But, but trust me, physics is on it. And um, I mean, not like a problem that needs immediate solving. <laughs> But absolutely, it is within the realm of, of what physics considers. Um, it, it, it tends to be narratively convenient. It's like deus ex machina. And once time travel is on the table, then, well, okay, then nothing matters now. <laughs> I, I can <laughs> just true. go back and change everything. Um, I, I wasn't satisfied with Endgame for that reason. For the, for the time travel reason. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I guess I always think more of time travel as like a more in a Doctor Who sort of way. Like, that doesn't bother me. Yeah. I, I like the Doctor the Doctor Who take on this. I like the timey-wimey elements of Limbo, which is, hey, you guys showed up here and there is a scenario where you left and there is another one where you stayed and you aged and died. And died here. Yeah. <laughs> like that. 
It's creepy as yeah, hell. Super creepy. And I love that the way that it, it's very, very unnerving. So here, where it is not critical to the narrative, but supports it. Yeah. Like I'm, and ditto Doctor Who because never in Doctor Who. Uh, probably never, at least in the ones that we've seen. Like, okay, we'll just go back 10 minutes and change things. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I like that. Well, and uh, yeah. yeah, I like the earlier episodes of Doctor Who where the time travel, like, the time travel doesn't start to get confusing and sort of fold in on itself like it does later in the in The, the Pandora, the Pandorica. Pandorica. Yeah. The Pandorica sucked. Yeah, that whole season was really, like, you know, I'm willing to accept a lot in terms right. of time travel, but then when it starts to confuse me, then... Then I lose Not, my pretty substantial yeah. patience for it. Yeah, and, and confusion is part of it. And the confusion, by the way, is where they're either extending or breaking the rules right. of time travel. But all it, it, it adds up to – I, I, I'm just going to keep repeating it. it. It's narratively convenient. It is convenient. And, and, and the Pandorica just really, really galled me. No. There's this great moment where Doctor, the Doctor is chained up and look, all of his enemies are like, oh man, it looks really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. But then we open it, how is it resolved? Tricked you. <laughs> None of that actually mattered. Yeah. Well, you can't cry wolf like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't really like the Mad Smith Doctor. Um... The, the, I, I thought he, he started off pretty pretty good. I like I liked Karen Gillan. It was hard to understand. He was, yeah. yeah he knew the subtitles, yeah. and, and I mean, good heavens! I mean, Peter Capaldi is, uh, yeah, also, even more Scottish, yeah. but he was easier to he understand. He was easier to understand. Yeah. He's not Scottish, though, Matt Smith, is he? Oh, sorry. Um, well, that's there you yeah. go. Peter Capaldi is <laughs> yeah. more, more Scottish, more Scottish than me too. Yeah. <laughs> so more there, than all there you have it. Yeah. Uh, do we see the uh, the bloodstones again, or? Oh yeah. Since we do. Yeah, and there has been a little bit of that in the New Mutants. That's the other really fantastic thing about this episode uh, episode issue. Um, all right, you know, show's over, but it's not. Right. <laughs> Ileana's out of danger, but she's not. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah there's something sort of uh, evil um, lurking. He tore up her fucking Fozzie there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is, that is messed up, man. Yeah. Um, no, you're fine. <laughs> she really needs a tissue. <laughs> She's just I'm like just, I'm sniffly. <laughs> you're, you're 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 sniffing like John Delorean <laughs> over there. I was very sniffly in the mornings. That's okay. That's okay. You're, you're doing fine. Brought, I should have brought some. Make sure next time we have some tissues in the Cludio. In the Cludio. <laughs> Cludio sounds like it ought to be a, a, like a kind of a dirty slang term. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Kind of does. Maybe <laughs> I don't. I, I I don't even know what gender it ought to be. Uh. But uh, like oh yeah, you know, man, you're really a. Uh, you know, I, I like that position, but it's a little rough on the Cludio. <laughs> I looked up um, Eldritch finally because they mentioned it again. Eldritch you know, energy. <laughs> yeah, actually, I this is the, a word that I've seen all the time, and I think I know what it means. What but do you think I, it means? I, I'm going to embarrass myself by trying to define <laughs> no, it. You don't have to. So it's sort of old and magical. Yeah. That, um, like weird, what does it mean? Weird and sinister or ghostly. Okay. okay. I feel like it was sometimes capitalized, and so I thought that it like was yeah. reference to some specific right you know like a proper noun okay. like a specific thing rather than just an i wonder etymologically uh eld that's like the old uh alt of uh, germanic old or know, yeah so the, elder the is thing another that I, one of those yeah the thing where, that i saw yeah. had it so uh, the second part of the word is like 
uh, Reich, right? Like uh, okay, uh, yeah. And the first part L Aufreich. is like uh, okay. old or maybe like other or like okay. alternate. Really, Reich. Okay, so like old empire. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Oh, language is fun. <laughs> I like language. Yeah. Let's see. What else did I write down? I wrote down a bunch of stuff, but we sort of touched on it. The Fozzie Bear translated from the Russian. This is like the Muppet product placement that they didn't want. <laughs> you know, we, we've had that a few times. Like Kermit the Frog and Fozzie will show up. But like, like Henson at that point. Hey, you and know what, guys? <laughs> it's getting a little dark. <laughs> look. look. Um, you, you you can't co-opt the innocence and frivolity <laughs> of the Muppets to to really underscore the evil shit that's happening. We're not okay with that. Uh, I love Fozzie Bear. Um, this is completely unrelated to yeah. how he appears in this. Um, I need to watch the Muppets again just so that I can I can have like a really good cry. Um, Fozzie, I love 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 Fozzie Bear. Uh, he's I, I because I identify with him so strongly. <laughs> we should watch the Muppets. The Muppets was that the one that that the girl yeah. didn't want to watch because uh, yeah yeah our daughter it, didn't want to watch yeah. it. She freaked out. And you know you watch that scene. It is a disturbing scene. It's pretty hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I mean I saw that movie in a theater when I was however old I am. You know, check the math on that. It would have been like seven or something yeah. like that. Um. I probably lost my mind yeah. when I saw that, but I'm in a theater, so I can't leave. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, we should watch that again. I love Fozzie Bear. Love the Muppets. Um, I, I got no further to go with that. Yeah. yeah. What else did I write down? I wrote down there are a lot of baddies in this issue. The tentacles. Uh, yeah. Weird ball showing guy whose name I can't remember. <laughs> weird ball showing guy. <laughs> when I was making notes. Ball showing Evil guy. Evil Nightcrawler, Sim, yeah. Sim. Sim, I I need to look this up. I meant to look this up. Um, I don't know whether that is a reference to Dave Sim. All right. Uh, Dave Sim, uh, the writer and artist on Cerebus. We mentioned him once before. Really great. Actually, you know what? Uh, despite his, his kind of personal issues, he might be on my uh, Mount Rushmore of comics artists. What were his personal issues? Well, he's a, he's a misogynist. Oh, okay. um, and, and now... Not in the not in a lazy <laughs> Trumpy way. I mean, he comes at it. Say what you will about the guy. He's incredibly bright, um, and and I've not gone too deep down that well. Uh, I read a lot of Cerebus. Um, I, I I fell away from it and and tried to get back into it um, and just kind of couldn't. He he did get a little bit weird. Um, anyway, but. When you read the individual issues, there are kind of editorials and whatever from Dave Sim. Yeah. Like there's the narrative, but then there's also like Sim spouting off. And for a long time, it was great because he had this kind of like rock and roll persona. He drank and he smoked and he and he like smoked tons of pot. Yeah. And so you'd have the issue, and then you'd have pictures. Hey, here's me at a party. And, <laughs> and so when you know, in the '80s, when you're a kid reading this independent comics, he self-published. Right. Um, it's like, hey, this is great. This is a guy who yeah. just is independent and like doesn't give a fuck, yeah. and he's a brilliant artist. And this narrative is just really, really interesting and cool. But then the editorials got like he, he started to get a little cranky. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and um, he was married, and then he like that marriage lasted about ten minutes, yeah. and he was cheated on his wife. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you kind of like serial monogamist, but then I think that started to 
like, I don't know, his, his relationships with women eventually came to an end. He got deep into study of Abrahamic religions. Um, religion was a big theme in the comic. Right, so, right. Um, long story short, <laughs> it never is. Yeah. Oh, whatever. We've got long time. story concluding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Talk about something. <laughs> yeah. He kind of came down on the, the, this very gendered view of the world. And his take was that, Modern uh, social constructs, you know, legislature, and whatever uh, favored women in a way that was that was not in keeping with with the way that he thought that the world ought to work. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, it was a very well researched, articulate, and thoughtful take on misogyny. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, I I can't follow him there. Anyway, so um, sim s i m, and then you know s apostrophe y m. Yeah. I, I wonder whether that is it. Probably is. Probably I wrote. I wrote down that name because I'm curious about him. Is he still alive? He is. Mm. Yes. What's he doing these days? Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll research it and report back next week. Uh, do do. Yeah. Um, we've got so he uh partnered with an artist named Gerhard, and we have a Gerhard original mm-hmm. on our wall. Uh, in, oh, yeah, in our that, bedroom. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I say Dave Sim is is, is kind of on my Mount Rushmore. You kind of have to have like Sim and Gerhard. Um. Gerhard did did the inks and a lot of the finishing on Sim's work and just really kicked it into uh, mm-hmm. kicked into the story. Fantastic artist. Yep, it's cool art. Really, Although, you know, really. I good. framed it. I framed it wrong. Whatever. <sighs> I still love that picture, yep. and um, from time to time, I will just stand in front of it and gaze at it. Um, to the Missouri listeners <laughs> who are listening, the picture is the cover of High Society, which is like the second, really the first of Cerebus novel. You know, the issues 26 through 50 mm-hmm. uh, that was released as a trade paperback, which I've got on our shelf downstairs. Um, great picture, great art. Yep. Hey, thanks for the rambling tangent, Brian. <laughs> what else? What other notes did your wife make? <laughs> uh, let's see. The Bloodstones. Uh, I liked the line, speaking of the character Sim, Sims the name and forcings the game. Yeah. Quite a, quite yeah. a wordsmith. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Claremont might not have a future in poetry. Or... Hey, did you see that Claremont uh, data thing that I sent you? You did. T- I, I saw that you sent it to me. Yeah. <laughs> so there's yeah. some guy or lady yeah. uh, who has, there's some like database of. There is a, yeah. a thing called like the Claremont Run Project. Right. And which so, is kind of cool stuff. Yeah. So this from time to time. uh I will see things where someone has taken all of this. Uh, I don't even know what sort of data it is. It's sort of comicsy data and, uh, and analyzed yeah. it in different ways. Mm. Uh, I think it was like who gets beat up the most in, right. <clears throat> or sort of who has the most bad things happen to them or something. The uh, that project exists within some academic institution. I yeah. keep forgetting which one it is. It's like it's like Columbia or some mm. shit. Um, <sighs> Oh, oh, I know what I was going to say. So the I think the putative academic reason behind the, um, the the collection of the data and its use as a research source, there have been a couple of articles uh, about kind of like gender representation, mm-hmm. uh, specifically Claremont. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think maybe they're not trying to extrapolate, but just sort of a window into because gender representation in comics has had a lot of problems. Right, right. Yes. Um, although, weirdly, I want to say that these days, certainly um, LGBTQ representation, a lot different than it was when I was a kid. Mm-hmm, I'm sure. Um, Iceman's gay. 
Right. Like, totes gay. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, and he's not the only one. Like, there are others. Um, and, you know, if my, if my Cerebro Twitter feed is any indicator, uh, there appears to be, a, like, a pretty, pretty sizable audience sure. for these kinds of stories yeah. and hooray yeah yeah, yeah 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 that's only only a good thing yeah um lost my train of thought now lost your train it's of thought too early yeah this is crazy man yeah. I, I, we're never gonna we gotta get our shit together <laughs> and get <laughs> yeah get back to it yeah all right we've only got 10 more minutes to fill here <laughs> so uh take us home uh so sims the name is forcing okay so i like the art in this one this was one that i there were a couple of places oh, yeah, where, yeah. Uh, where i noticed that the, the art was uh noticeable and i meant to look and see who the brent anderson and keep talking while i look him up because i'm looking him up you're not looking him up i'm not looking anything up no you're not um, yeah there was like the scene where i was like when they do panels in like two colors Rather than the full color thing, okay. I just think that those look really cool. So there yeah. was the one where like they were all being teleported through the yeah. port tolls, <laughs> and that was great. Yeah, that was really and cool. It was like orange and yellow, and those were really cool. Yeah, I, I, I was not certain about my memory because as we established at the top of this, um, I, I'm not good with names. Brent Anderson, he did Annual Number Five, right. Oula la Badon. Oh, okay. And uh, he did issue 144, which was uh, Despair. He's done some other stuff. Um, oh, you know what, man? He did the art on a graphic novel, uh, on uh, on an X Men graphic novel that we're going to that we're going to read. Mm. So yeah, Brent Anderson, good to have you back. I look forward to that. Yeah, uh, he's good. Yeah. You know, he he did some work on Kazar, and then kind of I don't know. He's I mean, I'm looking at his entries in um, uh, the Marvel Comics app. Forty seven comics, like not loads. Mm-hmm. So, all right, I, I'm, I'm curious about that guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was cool, cool. Good work there. Let's see what else. I was kidding without her skeleton. That was a creative, uh, creative, evil plot twist. Yeah. <laughs> kind of gross. <laughs> when they, when they, like, Super gross. Like, she's in the thing. If we take her out, then then you sort of can't help but imagine this, like, if we, you know, the end, they didn't finish the sentence, but the end of the sentence was like, if we take her out, she'll just collapse in a pool of she'll be yeah she'll be she'll be a plastic bag filled with human organs so gross yeah yeah and and the way that the skeleton like just has like the friendly wave (laughs) yeah it's like that is that is super super, i mean for you know it must be difficult to keep coming up with new creative creative like (laughs) difficult things that you know predicaments that, that um Happened to those people, so I thought that was a super good creative one. Right. The having right. her skeleton removed. I liked it. Uh, what else? Yeah, just when we thought it was over, Mystery Future Liana, Definition of Eldridge. That's that's those are basically my notes. I like this one. Okay, uh, I cool. thought it was I thought it was uh, creepy in a in a yeah. way that felt mm. kind of um, meaningful versus like, you know, there was some fighting, there was some other fighting, the good guys right. won, you know, right. sort of uh, leave some open questions at the end about what's going to happen and, and some, right. some disturbing, mm-hmm. um, you know, worrisome things uh, that you can imagine having happened to this poor. Kid. Oh, yeah. yeah. Horrible stuff happens here. And um, it, not that I like stories where bad things happen to children. Don't just you? To, yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. But no, it's like, I, I don't either. It's an, I, don't I mean, either. it's a thought no, no, provoking, you know, um, knowing it, that it, she's not a real child. It's a thought provoking issue. And it is one where there are. So the difficulty with this kind of storytelling is you want there to be changes, but that's tough because you've got a status quo. Um, you want there to be changes so that people will know, like, okay, there are stakes. 
Right. Like Jean Grey dies. She stays dead for a good long while. Yeah. So there were stakes. There, there were consequences. This is another one where it is more than simply we had a fight and now it's over. Right. Uh, there are permanent changes right. that result from this. And you have to do that from time to time. Yeah. Often enough that when I open this issue, well, okay, is this one going to matter? Right, right. Yep. Yeah, right. I mean, the yep, fight sure ones does. are sometimes, you know, entertaining or whatever. Yeah. But this the issues like this sort of feel like they move the whole... Universe. Narrative or, of, yeah, yeah. yeah of, uh, forward in a way that... Keeps it from feeling like, okay, now there's more fighting. Hey, look, more fighting. Right. Yeah. Because um, yeah, that that's hard to do in an interesting way yeah. uh, in a comic. Um, not impossible, and, and, and sometimes they do. Way easier to do in a movie, although even at that, it can be exhausting. Um, you know, Winter Soldier is great. Civil War is great. Um, as, we're, as I'm watching the fight at the airport for the like, 30th time mm-hmm. <laughs> last uh, <laughs> week before last... Um, I was like, this is good, but you know, I, yeah, like I'm starting to feel, I, I jaded is not the right word, right. but like I've, I've kind of memorized it <laughs> this whole fight, at this all point. The dialogue, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, um, although I still love it when, uh, you know, Cap chuckles, uh, uh, after Spider-Man says he's from Queens and he's from Brooklyn. Yeah. Like, yeah cool. I mean, uh, I, I, not in New Yorker, but I love the fact that Marvel comics is just so rooted in, in, in a specific yeah. place, you know? I think that's all that I have. Okay. Closing thoughts about Missouri as we wrap up Missouri Week on the X-Men Files. Closing thoughts about Missouri. Uh, you know, it's the show me state. It, it's it's a place that we should visit more often. No, it isn't. You're, now you've alienated. <laughs> well, okay. Well, hang on. Why? What do you want to do in Missouri? I want to... You want to go to Branson? I don't want to go to Branson. You want to go to Branson? I do not. Branson's like the opposite. I mean, I've never been. Um, uh, and I, I, what I know about it suggests that it's probably the opposite of fun for, for you. <laughs> I do not want to go to Branson. Yeah. Uh, you know, I do want to go and see. Um, and why go to Branson when Gatlinburg is on the way? Uh, there's no live music. Well, not much in the way of live music. But I don't. Gatlinburg is fun. Yeah. Okay. I've been there a couple of times. Yep. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I'll take your word for it. They've got this. Uh, they got this. Uh, the, you know, this alpine thing where you like you're on a sled and you go down this like concrete thing. It's nice. That sounds fun. It's fun. Um, why should we go to Missouri? Because it's got. Uh, because that's where Jason Bateman is. And, and we know how you feel <laughs> about Jason We've now established Bateman. Yeah. in my family that apparently <laughs> <laughs> my children you now need... have, there's a runner between uh, yeah. Brian and the kids about my, uh, my, my love. Your celebrity crush. For Jason Bateman. Yeah. Well, we, we need to, we need to get a. My, my made up celebrity crush. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cause, I mean, do you have any legit celebrity crush? I, mean, I don't crush, think you do. No, I do. You know what I mean by crush. Good heavens. Not like. Like I walk into the room and you you quickly like close the laptop because you're because you're looking at pictures of somebody. Um, I mean, like like my celebrity crushes or I think well, I'm trying to think. My latest one I think remains Hannah Fry. Embarrassingly, mm-hmm. um, not embarrassingly. It's a good one. Is that embarrassing? Yeah, she's super smart. Yeah. Um, but it, it was so like Jillian Anderson for a long surprising no one. Yeah. <laughs> Jillian Anderson for ages. Tina Fey. Um, and, and then I don't know. Like I'm almost out of celebrity crushes. Yeah, I'd have to sit down and think about it. Am I aging out of that? Are we both aging out of that? I doubt it. Who was your celebrity crush when you were 25? I don't know. Oh, come on. John Bon Jovi. It was Bon Jovi, no, wasn't not. it? <laughs> it was not. I don't I don't know. I don't I can't remember. Um I know but like my very, very first celebrity crush was. I know Don who Johnson. this is, yeah, Don yeah. Johnson. 
Okay. Okay. And, 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 and yeah, actually, he's aged not that yeah, bad. Yeah, he's, I mean, you know, he's Mickey still... Rourke looks like 50 feet of bad road. Yeah, yeah but, no, um, Johnson, you know, he looks like a, a, a old man that's had some, you know, tasteful work done. He, he, he yeah. looked as though, although it's been a while. I mean, I remember the, the movie Tin Cup. This is not the first time that we're referencing that movie, weirdly. I've uh, never seen that. He was in the book club movie that I Okay, didn't I don't hate. know about that. He looked like a million bucks in 10 cup, but that yeah. was like 20, yeah, 20 years ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, okay, well, I'll report also back on my celebrity crushes next week. Yeah, because we need to know. Yep. All right. Uh, hey, Missouri, thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to the X-Men Files. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. If you listen, please rate us. If you want to drop us a note, you can reach us via email at cerebro at xmenfiles.com. You can also check out our website, xmenfiles.com. Our theme music is Invasion to Space Frog by Checky Brown. That music available under a Creative Commons license. Everything else was written, produced, and performed by Brian and Inessa. <laughs> <laughs>